<laughs> Should I do that every episode? Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, so I cried a lot this week. This episode made me cry. Did it make you cry? It did make me cry. Yeah, same. Um, uh, do we have any housekeeping? <laughs> I'll come back later. <laughs> do we have any housekeeping to do? <laughs> um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think I have anything other than. You guys are awesome. Thanks for leaving us iTunes reviews. Yes. I Please thought we had some new ones. Maybe. Oh, we do have a new one to read, okay. actually. Perfect. Let me pull it up, though. I don't think I translated it. Translated it? That's not, that's not what's not, happening here. It's not in a foreign language. <laughs> that's nothing. Um, <laughs> guys, the podcast has gone international. <laughs> <laughs> actually, if you look at our analytics, we do have Canada and like 3% listeners from like Brazil, Brazil? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like some Russian bots. Yeah, in Brazil, um, you know, that's where they you know how out. they do. <laughs> okay, we have a um, an iTunes review from friend of the pod, Leah Van. Uh, we hope to have her on at some point. Uh, she is a fellow cancer survivor, um, and she lives in Chicago. And she is gun ho football fan. She is a sports journalist. Yes. Yes, that's what's so relevant. <laughs> yes. And she just finished her master's degree and did her thesis on like race relations and football and education in small towns. And you and cool. it was based off of the book Friday Night Lights. Oh, nice. Um, so she wrote Friday Night Lights is my favorite television show, and with everything that's going on right now, it's a great show to revisit. I like that Carly and Monica use their expertise to break down the details of its filming and music that I didn't previously know. I also think their chemistry is overall... Wait, no. I also <laughs> think their chemistry and overall discussion is thoughtful, humorous, and fun. Oh. This podcast is a great way to learn something about a show you have or have not seen, and also to take a breather from the everyday news for something refreshing and fun. Love it. Thanks, Leah. Thanks, Leah. I also agree. I was my coworkers were asking me how it's going. So like the other side hustles I usually have going on are like climate change documentary stuff <laughs> or I write a political blog. Right. Really dark stuff. Yes. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying this being my side project right now because it's like an actual I'm like, oh, shit, I have to prepare for the podcast. Oh, wait, I just have to watch TV. <laughs> right. I just have to watch TV and take notes. This yeah. is like my dream. So <laughs> agreed. 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 Well, guys, it's homecoming today. It's homecoming week. Yes, it's homecoming oh week. We get some alumnus nigh? Yes. Alumni. Well, are you talking just one? The Lucas I'm talking guy? plural. Alum oh, then alumni. Yeah, alumni. Yeah. We should know. Oh, my gosh. We haven't told our listeners yet um how good we are at latin <laughs> oh yeah carly and i took latin instead of spanish in high school among like 10 other people for years yes but also i just want to point out that 
hardly anybody takes Latin. There's like no. eight people in the class. Yeah. Everybody else takes Spanish. So it was a um, small community. But we they made a mistake because Latin was the bomb. Latin was great. Mostly because Monica and I were obnoxious in class together. We were frequently <laughs> separated, silenced, Separately silenced, and punished. punished. Out of I know. <laughs> One of our teachers in eighth grade, we were so obnoxious, which, by the way, we weren't no. like rude or, or we weren't like angsty. Right. We were just talking loudly. <laughs> we literally couldn't stop. It, I don't think it was within our capabilities. But we had an eighth grade teacher finally move us just across the room diagonally, like from opposite ends. He was like, fine, I'm, I'm moving y'all. We still somehow would like throw paper at each we other. Still found a way to communicate. Yeah, because I think we were sitting next to each other, and then he moved tables, and that didn't work. And then he moved us literally at the opposite ends of the classroom, and that still didn't work. Nothing keeps us apart. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, yeah, still obnoxious. Uh, all right, homecoming. Okay, so do you have a favorite homecoming story? I wonder if I do. Mm. I'm trying to remember, like, what all did we do for homecoming? I remember we did big pep rallies. Yes. We uh, Oh, we decorated those, like, golf carts each um, each oh, class. That was really fun. That was cool. Yeah. So we would, like. We would make, we would do, like, a parade, like, floats. Yes. Yeah. Floats that were, like, golf carts decorated for your class. Yeah. Oh, and we do themes. Oh, my gosh. So our freshman oh, theme. Oh, we dress up each day of the week. Well, yeah, we did that, but. Every class had their own homecoming theme. And for some reason, oh, I remember that. we went with Subway Eat Freshman. Oh, my God. I remember one, this. Which was, I know whose idea that was. That shirt was heinous. <laughs> I think that my, was um, an <laughs> creation. Oh, was it? I'll bleep that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then talk about Texas. Our senior one was, I think, Senior Secession. And it was something was army. It? Senior secede? No. Yeah, I swear. Really? No, but it I'm wasn't like Texas seceding. It was like, no, no, no. SEAL team seniors. Oh. Mission accomplished, aka Osama bin Laden. <laughs> yes. That is coming back to me with, <laughs> with vengeance. dread. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Although, I mean, that was, everyone was really, you know, excited about we were. the whole I mean Team Osama bin Laden was horrible he I'm glad that we got him but it was just a weird theme for homecoming <sighs> yeah I'm just I I am confident though that all of the other options were probably worse true <laughs> true 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 all right oh so this episode came out November 14th 2006 and Carly would you like to read the synopsis for us I would love to please Coach Taylor asks Jason to attend the upcoming homecoming game, who begins to suspect there's something going on between them, between Tim and Lila. Smash <laughs> feels the pressure of college scouts, even though he's still a junior. Tyra and Billy, new dynamic duo. Yeah, I love it. That was editorializing. Plan the <laughs> ultimate party for the after game, for after the game. Wow, I shouldn't have been the one to read that. <laughs> <laughs> for the after game. <laughs> for the after game. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty accurate. That's pretty I loved, accurate. Um, and I remember this episode. This is one of the episodes that sticks out to me because I really enjoy watching Tyra and Billy together. Yes. They're fun characters together. They are. Well, it's kind of like the, when 
you're either friends with or you're dating someone and then their sibling is actually more similar to you. Yes. <laughs> so you guys bond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were pretty cute. And we see oh, Mindy. I loved her line. For the first time. Her what? We see Mindy for the first time in this episode. Yes, I wrote that down too. Oh, Stacey Oristano. I love her. No. How do you say her last name? I think those yeah, right. Oristano. No. Um, she plays Mindy, Tyra's older sister. Um, we're big fans of her character and her person. Yes, all around. Shout out to a fellow Gilly. Yes. Which is what we call people who are fans of the podcast Gilmore Guys. We don't Stacey call them. Stacey Orstano. We don't. Let me we start come up with that. Stacey Orstano. <laughs> we love her because she was a frequent guest on the podcast Gilmore Guys that we talk about all the time. Yes. Uh, all right. Yeah. Homecoming. Yeah. Shall we talk about Texas? Yeah. Texas is a place I didn't love to be. I didn't have a ton of stuff. Um, honestly, just like the whole episode, all the like just homecoming in general being a big deal was very Texas. Yes. I had a few things. I put that they literally bow their heads at the Panthers win state clip that they play oh my gosh yeah and oh and I buddy, meant to pull buddy is mouthing it <laughs> yes i wrote that down so too. good panthers wednesday Panthers, panthers wednesday. wednesday. they're like literally it's like it's like worship yeah, yeah they're in church and then they start line dancing did you see that oh i didn't catch yeah. that yeah and matt's line dancing and he's like really into it it's really cute oh that's adorable yeah. i i line dancing is fun it is fun talk about I, when I moved to Texas in the middle of second grade, our PE was like all about line dancing. <laughs> like oh we lined, gosh. like we learned all these different line dances and stuff. And I was like, we also learned them in, this is a, a very Southern thing too, but cotillion. Oh yeah. True. If you don't know what, if, if you don't know what cotillion is, it's definitely a Bible belt thing yeah. and East coast. Yeah. Um, it's, it's waspy. Um, <laughs> it's just, it, Everybody is like required to do it when you're in middle school and you like learn manners and dancing and it's very strange. Yeah, they line up the guys and the girls on opposite ends of like we go (laughs) we go like a dance studio and then you have to walk toward them and pick one. And I would just wait till like everyone picks someone and then I'd just like get the (laughs) leftovers because I had I'm still scarred by that. Because like they would the teacher would say would tell either the boys or the girls to walk to the other end of the room and pick your partner. So like whenever she would tell the boys to do it, there's literally just a wall of middle school boys like beelining towards the popular girls. And Monica and I are like, (laughs) (laughs) and that was when I first came to TBS because I came in the middle of the year and I went to the cotillion and no one knew who I was. So nobody asked. (gasps) I think it was, uh, I'll bleep this out, but I think it was. I I was about to say, yeah. So that was very Texas. And then Mm -hmm. Billy, when Billy's talking to Tyra for the first time about their idea, he goes, Abilene is the city of opportunity. (laughs) And that just oh made me God, die. Abilene is a very small. It's an upsetting town to drive. Yeah. Through. I mean, there's just, it's just thinking of it as a city of opportunity is really funny to me. <laughs> the bright lights of right. Abilene. <laughs> it's like a very dusty Texas town. Right. That was just funny because um, I'm sure Abilene compared to Dylan is like snazzy. Yeah, Big city. Yeah. 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 Woo 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I wrote down uh, when Coach Taylor has 
lunch with the alum guy. I kept forgetting I his did name. I did too. It's I Lucas. Write it down. Oh, I should remember that. I'm like dating right. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsie. Don't worry. He doesn't listen. <laughs> um, yeah, when they're sitting, when they're getting barbecue, I mean, obviously barbecue exists everywhere, but just the layout of that restaurant where they're just sitting at one big long table and they, their food, I, I don't yeah. know how to describe no, it. No, I wrote it was this. That was nice my last note. I said the long picnic table and... It also kind of reminded me of Kincaid's a little bit, which we talked about in a yes. previous episode that was like our favorite Fort Worth burger joint. Mm, I might get a burger. Oh, gosh, that sounds so good. Okay, yeah. Well, let's talk about this homecoming party that Tyra and Billy are yeah. throwing. Little entrepreneurs. I know, a little budding business. But <laughs> I loved it. I, I loved seeing them together. And I loved the idea of like an anti-homecoming party. Oh, I forgot. I had a question mm-hmm. for you. Um, I'm a little nervous. Okay. I'll just, I'll just go. Do you, you want to go to Tyra's anti-homecoming party oh with me? Oh my God. Yes! <laughs> I've been thinking about it for a long time and really wanting to <gasps> Oh my gosh, I said, said yes. yes. I would definitely go to an anti-homecoming yeah. party though. And I love, we'll get to this too, but I loved Julie joining Matt. Like they're not the crazy partiers, yes. you know? And I, I had those moments, especially in high school. I was a lot crazier in college. So I was the one partying and I was yeah, exactly but in high school I would like find whoever was not really drinking and not really partaking and we would kind of bond and I loved that moment yeah that is cute oh I forgot I had one more Texas thing um you know and this goes back to <laughs> is this racist <laughs> um uh sometimes when they are racist, it reminds me of Texas. Somebody says, oh, it's the recruiters when they're watching practice. Yeah. One of them looks at the assistant coach and he goes, he's talking about smash. He goes, mm, he's got nice hands. And then the assistant coach says, yes, he does. Tough as a Tijuana hooker. What the fuck? I missed that. What? <laughs> well, he said it. Can you explain that to me? Like, I know that that's bad, but. I think he's just saying that, like, they, they, He's implying that hookers from Tijuana are trashy and probably do tons of business all day long and that their hands are calloused from wanking Ooh, off dudes wow. all day. Do you know that that's what wanka yes, means? Yes, a wanka. I love British phrases like Such that. Such a wanka. There's one that Lord, the artist Lord, sings in one of her songs, Wasta. That's like if you're a, a drunk, they call them wasters. Ooh. Oh, well, Tim's a little bit of a waster in or this not. episode. Or not. Right oh, at the beginning. beginning. We'll get there. Um, I have nothing for okay. Tammy. Before we d- dig into the episode, let's, yeah, let's do our, let's do some Well, Tammy I have nothing for Tammy. She was in this for like a second. I have one okay. thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, I do have one thing that I liked. I agree. She, we didn't get much Tammy this week. Um, but she was probably pretty, she was in it so much last week. I wasn't that surprised. True. Um, but I did like her comment on the way that, and I think we've all seen this just with high school athletes mm-hmm. in general, but in Texas, it's definitely the football stars that they get idolized so heavily in high school. And then oftentimes, like, this is kind of a real life yeah. trope. You see the star football player, and we saw it in this episode, just like kind of fall in their face after high school. And then they always somehow end up back at yeah. the high school coaching. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we literally saw that. And then Tammy has a good has a good little uh, she calls that out pretty well here. 
You know what the problem is? It's this town, baby. This town makes these teenage kids into idols. He's a good and, kid. And, and, and then they get out of here, and everybody's not just giving them something all the time. They don't know what to do with themselves. They fall flat on their faces. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty astute. I didn't really thought about that. I mean, we definitely talk. I feel like it's known that a lot of times the star athletes kind of burn out after yeah. high school, especially in football. But she said it really I eloquently. Agree. And that kind of applies to a lot of things like whether your thing is sports or music or whatever like sometimes you peak too early and then coming off of that and figuring out like what you want to do is really hard and so I thought yeah I thought that was totally realistic that was kind of I felt that a lot like when I first started going to therapy in college um a lot of what we were working on is because I had cancer Mm -hmm. in high school and we were in that small community where like I was like the little celebrity um, that everybody was mo- – and I don't mean that in a braggy way. I just mean that because everyone in our community was so yeah. nice um, and was like helping – it was so engaged with my uh, sickness, which was awesome. But it made me have like a certain level of entitlement, I think, after cancer of like, well, like I'm a survivor, so like I'm not going to do – I don't know. It just took me it, – it's hard to adjust from that level of yes. attention. Um, you have to, it was hard to come out of that. I remember when I finished treatment. So like in my family, the kids always do the dishes. Um, but when I was in treatment, I was excused from chores, um, because I was too sick. Uh, but I remember when I was starting to get better one night, Grant was like, Carly has to do the dishes now. It's time. And I was like, no, no, I like this. (laughs) Yeah, no, that is interesting. And it's funny because I feel like you kind of resented that attention but you still it's hard to like get used to not having it even if you were kind of like uncomfortable totally I remember just thinking that having that anxiety going to college I was like no one knows who I am like I've built and I'm I'm kind of one of those people that likes people to get to know me kind of slowly you know and so and kind of I don't know and so going to college I was like I'm gonna have to expose who I am all over again and that's exciting because you can be whoever you want but Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking like that's exhausting and I I felt the same way with you know kind of being the only I mean being the only person in our class that wrote music and then I go to a school where I'm like majoring in it and And you're surrounded by people yeah and it was more like I didn't feel like oh I miss being the one the one that can do this it was more like shit, I need to step up my game. And so I, I like you, yeah. who didn't tell people about your experience, like freshman year, I never told people I was a songwriting major. I didn't tell them I did music. Like, yeah, I really, really just like, and I wrote my like first EP freshman year, like hiding in my dorm. Cause I was like, I need better songs. I'm a songwriting major. And I have like three yeah. like mediocre songs. And so it was, it was yeah. a good, like humbling experience, but it is still like an adjustment. Um, I forgot to tell you yeah. this is off topic, and this is not an ad, but I had the most amazing HelloFresh meal last night. Isn't it so oh good? My God. It was. Which one did you do? It was like this spicy breaded chicken with mashed potatoes and green beans, and it came with this uh, like Frank's yeah. hot sauce. Um, and then you mix that with panko breadcrumbs and cheese, oh, and you coat yum. the chicken in it. And then it had like a spicy cream yeah. sauce and honey oh. on top of it. It'll make you slap your mama. And I knew this was going to happen if I tried HelloFresh, so I shouldn't be surprised, but that I would get stoned at night and eat both <laughs> portions. I resisted, but I definitely uh, 
there's not there's not a full yeah. second portion <laughs> there's left, not like a ton sure. left <laughs> um okay we were talking about tammy yeah i, I liked her comment on on football stars yeah. burning out because the show also goes even yeah. more into that later um and i kind of what did you think about this story with the alum i liked it i because i remember when he came on screen I was like, he's kind of cute, but I'm like, why do I not like him? I forget why I don't like him, you know? Yeah. And I thought it was interesting, you know, for all the reasons that you've already said, but then just him being so like, like so rude about coach Taylor not having a job for him. I'm like, he doesn't owe you anything. Yeah. And that was so weird. I, I, yeah, I kind of yeah. liked that because I thought it was a cool character choice because he's and kind of a texas thing like the one of the things that i identify with texas is like being two-faced and i don't mean that in like a horrible way it's not always people being evil but people have a social presence and face in the south and then they are very different at home obviously everybody's like that to a degree but like the southern hospitality thing and the manners all of that like can create a pretty duplicitous environment but i thought this we could see that here because he was trying to be casual he's like yeah i'm I'm kind of struggling looking for a job but that was his like yeah hail mary he was just kind of being nice football about it but then when it didn't work (laughs) out (laughs) nice but what, then when it didn't work out, he realized he had lost his last yeah. shot and exploded. I feel like that's a good yeah. – he's, like, holding it back. And then and then we really see that he was uh, Banking dying on it. for that. I job. thought it also tied the theme that we talked about in the last episode in El, El Accidente about how what – you know, Accident. one of the many reasons we love the show is, yeah, it's about f- this football team and we root for them and we love them, but it shows – a lot of the almost all of the negative aspects of it and so I was glad that they put that storyline in there for that exact reason okay so should we go into the musicians corner yeah we had some good songs in this one yeah okay so it was kind of an interesting one um it was I I felt like this was the most like all the songs are really all hard-hitting um like like workout party songs Yeah. yeah and so there was one old song, which I'm going to tell a, a weird songs. story about it. I um, like that as a genre, workout party song. Workout party, yeah. <laughs> and so these songs ranged from 1975 to 07. And my favorite song is kind of a wild card. I think this might have played during the party. It's called Take Control by Amari. And I think she's like an R&B singer, but I just thought it was kind of a jam. Here we go. jamming to that right that is a bop yeah certified bop it kind of yeah. reminds me of that uh what's the musician's name sierra yeah i was like that's, it's 
kind of Sierra, kind of J-Lo. Yes, it reminds me of the Sierra song that's in Step Up uh, yes. when they do the group dance at that club, which, oh by the way, amazing scene. Oh, I mean, I've watched it recently. Yeah, for sure. But and it also kind of sounded kind of 90s to me, but it was it's one from like, it's like 06, a, 07. So. I was thinking 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of that, too. So I've I like also that been one. watching um, Gianni Versace that has a lot of 80s music in it. Oh, I need to dive into that. <gasps> you haven't watched it? No. Well, I know. I'll, I'll tell you it's about it. It's been on my list for a while. So, so well done. Yeah. Everything Ryan Murphy does. Yep. Um, but then I had to feature this song as well because this was on the Tune Find website where I pull all the songs, but I don't know if it got replaced or if I just didn't notice when it was playing because I definitely would have noticed. Um, the Slam by Toby Mac, which reminds me so much of Canacuck, which is that camp yes. we mentioned in Missouri, the Christian camp. He's like, he was in DC Talk, which we loved. They have a song Love called DC Jesus Talk. Freak. Oh my gosh. Uh, Wait, how did Jesus Freak go? What will people think I'm if they Jesus hear that freak. I'm a Jesus Oh, we used freak. to be able to quote unquote rap all yes. those verses. He's like standing in the street, something about his like- With a plate of grilled bacon or something, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> Just to see what was shaken. Just to see. Have oh you my seen God. the meme that's like, uh, does your brain ever just go park, 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 park? <laughs> and it's just like the clip from when they're standing in the parking lot and it's like cutting. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is um, the, the merger. Um, but yeah, so this song, this song reminds me of playing basketball at camp and thinking this was like the coolest song. Yes. <laughs> dang do i need to go put toby mac on my running playlist i mean maybe although i won't be running for a while oh yeah but any any uh christian that is around our age i think knows toby mac and thinks it's hilarious and dc talk and dc talk yes so i remember this is so like classic texas christian uh going to we saw dc talk play live at a klty radio event do you remember klty oh yeah that was the christian radio station i guess we're dating ourselves yeah we're old um but that was the radio station i was like wait i am dating myself (laughs) i'm in an entanglement with myself right actually that's a fucking joke i'm in an entanglement with my heating pad (laughs) well my Um, first concert was kirk franklin dc talk and jars of clay opening for billy graham wow yeah okay talk about a trifecta <laughs> wait i saw billy graham live too oh my gosh i remember going with the man oh my gosh my first concert was our the time that we went to see switchfoot another excellent oh, christian band my gosh yes we At went that to old theater on montgomery that doesn't exist anymore it does exist but they don't really do concerts mm. anymore or i think they're revitalizing it Ridgely, the Ridgely Theater. I just remember we took our, this was during me and Monica's band phase, which we'll get into more yes. later. But um, <laughs> And never really ended, by Monica's the way. Monica's <laughs> just graduated from middle school angst. Um, but we were going to see Switchfoot that night. It was definitely my first concert, not Monica's, but so but we had to like go straight from school. So we had to bring, we but we were going to 
band practice. So I just remember we brought our guitars to school that day. We're like, oh, sorry, I had to bring my guitar to school because we're going to this show after. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. And then for your us. dad took us to see them. And I just, I have the like a snapshot of it in my memory of Sam yeah. Moser just standing there. I think he had a drink and Monica and I were like, yeah, switch fit. And Sam Moser's just like, <laughs> I think my whole family went really? actually. Yeah. Uh huh. We all went and. I remember I we had we saw the X's on the hands for oh, the first yeah. time, and you were like, "Apparently, that means like you can't drink." I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa!" That's like when I found whoa. out that I knew that I think I knew that sex made babies, but I thought I didn't know that it was like the exclusive way to make babies. And I remember, oh, it was just one of the ways. I don't, I don't remember what I thought, but I I know yeah. that finding out that you had to have sex to make a baby. I remember mm-hmm. that being really devastating. And I, I remember Earth telling shattering. everyone, I was like, did you know that you have to do it if you want to have a baby? <laughs> and everyone's like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I used to think that you got pregnant every time you had sex. So if someone <laughs> had four kids, they had four sex times. four times. <laughs> yeah. In the office when they're like, Toby's a virgin. He's like, I have a kid. How would that be? All right. <laughs> How could I be a virgin? Um, so I have kind of a dark story. Ooh to close out musicians corner. So of course we have explosions in the sky. I won't do my explosion sound <laughs> and scare Carly again um, for our Texas acts. The other one, there's um, an Austin band called the black angels featured in this episode. Um, but the story I'm going to tell is about Billy Joe Shaver. So everyone buckle in, buckle, <laughs> buckle in, buckle well, it's up. It's a good reminder to everybody. Buckle in. It is. So, if you like true crime, get ready. This is now a crime podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So on April 2nd, 2007, police in Lorena, Texas issued... There's been a murder. Sorry. There's been a murder. <laughs> There's been a murder in Texas. So they issued two arrest warrants for Shaver, this artist, on charges of aggravated assault and possessing a firearm. This was in connection with an incident outside a tavern, Papa Joe's Texas Saloon in Lorena, oh two days prior, in which Shaver shot a man, Billy Bryant Coker, in the mm-hmm. face with a handgun. And his Gosh. injuries were life-threatening. So witnesses interviewed by police report... Witnesses interviewed by police report hearing Shaver say, where do you want it? And then after the shot was fired, tell me you are sorry, and no one tells me to shut up. Oh my. I know. Coker told police the attack was unprovoked. Shaver's attorney declared that Shaver had shot Coker in self-defense after Coker threatened him with a knife. The plot thickens. And then in a NPR interview, Shaver said that he shot Coker because he was such a bully and that I hit him right between a mother and a fucker. That was the end of that. He dropped his weapon and said, I'm sorry. Charming. I know. Does it say if he's single? So... <laughs> <laughs> After unsuccessfully attempting to surrender to police in Austin, Texas, who were unaware of the warrant, Shaver turned himself in in Waco, and he was released after an hour on a $50,000 bond um, and gave a scheduled performance at Waterloo Records in Austin that evening, what? where he reportedly oh told busy boy. where he reportedly told fans, don't forget to pray for me and tell your kids to pray for me too. He was acquitted in Waco in 2010 after testifying that he acted in self-defense the texas-based country musician dale watson wrote a song about it called where do you want it aka the bullet the song has been recorded by whitey morgan and the 78s and appears on their self-titled album isn't that so dark what a 
you know, gunshot, gunfire, Oof. saloons. Yep. I just thought it was the most Texas story. That is crazy. Anyone could hear. Okay, so sorry to be dark today, but that is my corner. Never apologize. I love to uh, talk about what I call crime, which is crime. <laughs> I love to talk about cream. 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 Um, shall we review the tape, Carly? Let's review the tape. So I'm just going to preface this with, I don't have that much for That's all good. This week. I just told um, an entire Wikipedia story, so that's probably good. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, I've just, I've been mostly bedridden. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that this is one of the first episodes where we really start to see the holes in the writing about the Taylor backstory. Oh, tell me more. Like the Taylor family backstory. So we've mentioned this before in another episode about how they like make a lot of weird references to the Taylor family's past that don't align. And maybe I'm missing something. So write us in if you have a better understanding. But like, it seems like in the first few episodes, they're brand new. No one knows who they are. They just moved to the town and they've moved around a a lot. Like they reference other places that they've lived like all over the U.S., but then they also say that he's coached Jason's street since he was in Pee Wee. I think the story is that he, they did live in Dillon, or maybe Jason was somewhere else, but he was his like Pee Wee coach. And then he went somewhere else, maybe went multiple places. And then he came back to coach Jason for his senior year. Still complicated, but I think that's kind yeah, of it. But they talk about it with this alum too. He's like, oh, yeah, the coach was here for me every practice or whatever. But it's so – but if you think – if that's true, yeah. if – because that's kind of the only solution I could find, too, is that they – he was a part of the Dylan football world, and then they moved, and then they came back. Um, oops, now I'm going to forget my follow-up point. Just bear with me today, guys. <laughs> Please. Um Oh, but then it makes it weird the first few episodes when they are moved back into town. Wouldn't everybody know who they are? Wouldn't he just have had a different relationship with the team than being like, you lose one game and you're out of here. Like if he had lived there and trained most of those football players. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I, no, I, I think either Jason was not in Dylan or he literally just worked with Jason when he was young. So I don't think they like really knew him. I don't think he worked with any of the other players. So I. But what about this alum dude? I think they say that. he. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I I think it's I think it's just a flaw. Yeah, maybe. Because no, get... this show has no flaws. No flaws. No flaws. Just to be like seen. Me and Monica. Mm. Just like no flaws. Tim Riggins hair. <laughs> Actually. In the fashion report, I have a specific... The only thing I wrote down is a flaw in Tim Riggins' hair. <gasps> okay, so. wow. So that doesn't even work. Yep. Um, but yeah, so they it's just confusing. Yeah. And maybe they had an intention and and they just didn't tell that part of the story very well. Yeah. But I, I think that they messed that up in the first few episodes um, and then decided to, like, give them more of a backstory. Yeah. But yeah, that it does kind of bother me though. Every, it's like sometimes he'll just be talking to somebody and he's like, "Yeah, when we were in Pee Wee together," and I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> wait, what? what?" Yeah, the background um, is is confusing. I will. And then we'll and that. then uh, you know Tammy will be like, "Well, when we were in Florida or something," and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> when we lived um, in London. 
<laughs> but so this episode was directed by Patrick Norris, who's kind of a big wig. Um, he directed pretty much everything that Monica and I grew up watching. Wow. Um, he, he directed a bunch of episodes of Parenthood. He directed a couple episodes of Nashville <gasps> and Heart of Dixie, which uh, is shot on the same lot as Gilmore Girls, just by the way. Correct. Isn't it Heart of Dixie? I think so. Um, and then Pretty Little Liars he did some of. And then my personal favorite, he directed a bunch of episodes of, Monica, do you remember this show? Greek. Oh, do I remember you that show? You and I were super into it. I love that show. I found the first season DVDs of Greek at our cabin in New Mexico. That show really sparked, you know, conversations about alcohol because I watched it in eighth grade mm. and we were all nervous about entering high school and the pressures of drinking. And we'd be like, what are you going to do? Like, what are we going to say to someone if they offer a beer to me at a party? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad y'all did that deliberation. I just yes. took it. And I, I declared like, yeah, that I wouldn't drink till I was 21. And I broke that nice. promise. That's okay. Yeah. But you like barely drink. I know. I didn't start. Until that time. No, it, it's actually true. I started drinking a little bit when I was 18. And then I didn't drink at all freshman year at college. Only when I was somewhere else. That's confusing. <laughs> I don't need to explain that. Not on campus. No. Like literally I didn't drink at Belmont. Because none of my friends freshman year drank. Yeah. And then I met some new pals. Started sophomore year. And then junior and senior year. That's why I was so crazy. Because... Yeah. Delayed and I like, craziness. I I mean, when we were in high school, I would have been labeled as somebody who like went to the parties and drank. But looking back, I really didn't. Yeah. Like compared to my friends that I know now and like what they did in high school, I was totally a prude. Yes. Um, but I was definitely one of those girls that like was really reserved and had super strict parents in high school and then went to college and was like, wow. And then I got an MIP. And another ticket that I don't want to say on here. Um, yes. Literally two days after moving to college. My parents were like, do you need to come home? Because the, this is not okay. No, this is not working. <laughs> Classes hadn't even started yet. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize it was that early. So the director of this episode directed some episodes of Greek. Yes. Love it. And Pretty Little Liars and Vampire Diaries. Love it. He just hit all of those. I was surprised not to see Gilmore Girls on the list. Yeah, seriously. Although that would have been a little early. And that's a different tone, too. Yeah. You know. Um, that's honestly all I have for film this week. There there wasn't anything uh, crazy special. Although I did write down, actually, in the scene when they're at practice and the alum guy is there. I wish I knew what his name was. Lucas. Lucas. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's Lucas on, was there. Just to remind y'all, she's on painkillers. <laughs> some muscle relaxers um and they were like oh lucas let's see if like if you still got it and then he's literally just throwing like there's no defense or anything they're just like 10 15 yards apart throwing the ball and then they're like whoa good job he still got it yeah do you remember that scene yeah i wasn't that impressed yeah i was like i don't he's there's no challenge here he's just throwing it to the other guy <laughs> yeah I mean, it was just like a good throw, but it wasn't any better than any of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just kind of a weird scene. Yeah. Um, yep, that's all I got. Oh, cool. Well, we can also discuss my favorite kind of film moment we'll discuss yeah. in the breakdown was when Jason comes on the field and it gets really quiet. I loved how they filmed that. Oh, that was really nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but speaking of Lucas and his football-ness, 
That's a good segue. <laughs> this football <laughs> to segue into Mons playing football. So there was a, a lot of football in this episode. There was. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of football Guys, in this episode as opposed to the final as opposed to the previous episode so that was fun um there were a lot of things that were thrown around that i, I literally had to put on subtitles because i was like what is that mm-hmm. and then i was like googling stuff um i thought the most kind of more interesting part um which is probably going to be my only note today is that he says coach taylor says talks about there's gonna be a lot of man motion and multiple sets so I looked up man man in motion, and motion can help the offense identify the defensive coverage. So, and I believe you can only have one person in motion before the snap. Oh, yeah, uh, the, the purposes of motion back and forth behind them. Right, oh. right. Yeah, he's the man in motion. So the purposes of motion are to allow the offense to change formations and to gain clues about the defensive play call, particularly whether the play is zone or man-to-man coverage, which I never thought about. Like, that's 100% basketball. There's either the defense is either zone or man-to-man. Is that the same in soccer? No. No. Yeah. So (laughs) zone zone is more your your place like in a zone and whoever kind of comes into that you have to defend. And then obviously man to man, you're just like you defend number eight. Um, I guess it is kind of like that, but it varies per position. So like I played midfield and midfield, we would kind of be told whether or not we should play a zone. We would usually be man to man if you're a midfielder. Um, Because you're marking the person that's trying to move the ball up the field. If you're a defender, you're playing in a zone. You're not necessarily tracking or following somebody unless they come into your circle. Into your zone. Okay, yeah, that's pretty similar. We called it cherry picking sometimes. Oh. Um, But that's that's like when you put a forward all the way up at the top of the field, right, Uh just barely not offsides, and they're just marking that like one person. Cherry picking is such a cute little phrase. Very cute. Um, but yeah, and then this kind of just summarizes man emotion <laughs> again. But um, yeah, so it's basically anytime a player on offense moves after the team has set its formation, but before the snap, um, it's most often a player going from one side of the formation to the other, but it can take on a number of different variations. And teams will regularly use a man in motion to determine the type of defense that the opposing team is in, since the opposing team will have to adjust its defense based on where the man in motion goes. So, so I never it's know. like a, the man in motion is is kind of like a distractor. It's like drawing out the d- defensive players. Yes. I, yeah, I think it's to kind of just kind of put them off base yeah. and maybe trick them before they start their play so they don't know how to defend them. So I never knew what that man was called. And now we do. Yeah, and no, no, I never knew what he was <clears throat> doing. I always see that guy running back and forth and I'm like, what's he, what's yeah. he up to? What's, what's, what's he up to? Why is he just jogging around? Yeah, so... That is my mom's plane this week. All right, shall we go into fashion? Fashion. fashion. Um, I just wrote down. Don't you want to just put Tim's hair behind his ears? Like I so badly just want to, not in a not in a like hot sexy way. I just, oh, I just want to comb I mean, yes, his hair do, but. back. But it's <laughs> so in his face. I just want to put a headband on him. I kind of like it. <laughs> I mean, it is a, it is definitely a look, but it bothers yes. my OCD. I'm yeah, like, I feel you. Here. Put it behind your ear. What do you think of... The only note I had was... Oh, God. I was just going to say, what do you think of the tank top that Lucas is wearing when he shows up to practice? <laughs> He's oh, wearing it's like, like a, a white beater, beater right? <laughs> yeah. 
It's it's perfect for him. He's such a dick. <laughs> that dick. Um, no, all I had was Tyra's low rise jeans again. Yep. She loves. But I'm those. like, if anyone can pull them off, she can. She's got that tiny ass stomach. Yeah. Um, and those are hard to pull off. Really, no one quite can. <laughs> but she did look cute in this episode. Yeah. Um. Riggins is just like, or Billy Riggins is just like dirty. I just. I just wrote down, he just looks like he needs a bath the whole episode. Yeah, that's true. I love when he wakes up in the car and he's like drooling yes. on the windshield. Do we know? That how... reminded me of waking up at Bonnaroo. Oh, God. <laughs> to the blistering heat. <laughs> Monica just goes, hold on, my mic is messed up. Touches it and then it breaks apart in like three different pieces. <laughs> Give me a moment. Please hold. Technical Please hold. difficulties. That oh, reminded no. me of... Do you watch New Girl? There we go. Um, I've watched a good amount of it. There's an episode when Zoe Deschanel is talking about uh, Jake's character. Oh, my gosh. Nick. She's like... Nick. Or she's comparing two, two boys. One of them is a doctor. She's like, he is a doctor. He helps people. Like, he fixes things. Nick is just one of those people that... She's like, everything that he touches breaks. And it shows this montage of him. Literally, he just like picks up a vase and then it shatters. She's knitting and he's like, ooh, what are you knitting? And it just starts unraveling. He's like, I don't know what's happening. She's like, stop. Just stop it. That's what it looked like when Monica grabbed her mic and then it literally just fell apart. (laughs) Oh, I love seeing you record in that apartment. Oh, yeah. Bringing back hardcore memories. Mems. Yes. So the apartment that I'm living in with my sister, Carly, lived in for six months. Right? Six months? Uh, It was like four months. Four months. Yeah, Yeah. I was in New York for four months, and the Mosers humbly let me use their apartment that they've had there since they lived there when Monica was a baby. So it was kind of a fun... I got to experience Monica's childhood, like as when... Without her. (laughs) And while she wasn't there. So I like lived in their apartment. I was friends with the doorman that like knew Monica when she was a baby. (laughs) I went to the grocery store. Agatha's shout out uh, Uh, that Monica grew up going to in New York. Um, And when I was little, you know, now I love it and it's so fancy and stuff. But when I was younger, you know, you don't like you like like American cheese and like hot dogs. And so I called it the stinky cheese store. (laughs) It's like an Italian grocery store. I just remember getting off the subway every night and I'm like, I'm going to cook something at home. I'm going to cook something at home. And then I'd walk past Agatha's and see the the chicky chicky parm parm. Oh, yeah. Or I'd go to town Mm. on that. Yes. All right. Should we break down the ip? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's all I got. Let's break it down. Let's do it. Okay. So what time is this tailgate? pep rally because tim's really drunk and she goes it's not even seven o'clock i know i (laughs) am that's what i thought too because it kind of seemed like it was all the same day right i think it was an evening because it's homecoming like this was released in november but homecoming is usually earlier in the year so be the sun would be up late yeah because i was like okay the reason I, the only reason I think it's like 7 a.m. is because it's not even seven yet. Like people start drinking at like five. I don't know. I like you can was get weird. turned by before seven. That's not right. That. Right. That's, that's doable. You know. But that's again, Lila, 
Lila thinks you drink beer out of glasses, so <laughs> she doesn't know. Grab another glass of beer if that's, beer, what, you that's what you want to do. Hold on, I think I pulled this clip of Lila talking to Tim about his drinking. I really, uh, I liked her laying down the law. Yeah. Yep. Me so too. this is so we open up at the pep rally, which was very Texas. Uh, we get yeah. the cheerleaders doing their yeah. their thing, which I've never really understood the dance routine that stuff. I like the stunts and the like I like the stunts. The tricks. And I love the little girl that was like mimicking their yes, moves. That, that was, was like cute. a really quick shot. That was cute. <laughs> that was cute. But yeah, I've never to TBH, I'm not the world's biggest fan of cheerleading as a thing. Um I mean, I don't like the you know, we cheer on the men thing, but I think gymnastics is super cool. Gymnastics so is awesome. I, I think on. that like I'm not just going to come right out and say cheerleading is a sport. There are a billion right, different right. levels of it. I think that those yes. girls that do competitive yes. cheer and stuff like that's a sport no matter how dumb. It's still right. a sport. <laughs> <laughs> um but the like the tumbling and the stunts, I think that's pretty cool. But when it comes to just like the dancing part of it, I just get reminded that cheerleading is just like so deeply rooted in misogyny and misogyny. it's all just about like sexualizing high school girls and so I yeah. know I'm a little uh woke ruining the party but I just don't I can't get fully on board with the even when we're, when we're in high school I'm like I don't think I would let my daughter be a cheerleader yeah I mean I get that I was never a cheerleader and Carly was so <laughs> I was Hypocrite. only a cheerleader so was it is it sixth seventh grade it's seventh grade and I was one of three people that didn't do it maybe four yeah, in seventh grade, you're allowed to become a cheerleader, and every girl in the class does it. And then by high school, except it's like, for me, <laughs> like it's just like this huge group of fifty girls on the field doing their little routine. Right. Um, I wished I hadn't done it. I hated it. I yeah. remember I hated how uncomfortable the uniform was. There's this is like a a running joke in my family still to this day that I was like the world's worst cheerleader because <laughs> there's this home video of me and my parents are sitting in the stands at a football game and Blake keeps zooming the video <laughs> camera. And if you actually s- just watch me, I'm literally not even doing the cheers. I'm like three moves <laughs> off. I'm like facing the wrong way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I just had to call you out for that. This All is right. true. I was a cheerleader. Let's play this clip. Right. So Timmy boys had a couple of brewskis. What are you going to do? Nope. Listen. What are you going to do? <laughs> Look, I know you hate me right now. I don't hate you, Lyle. It would be a lot easier if I, I did. did. I don't want to talk to you when you're like this. I mean, God, it's not even 7 o'clock and you can barely stand. You can blame me if you want, Tim. You can blame the whole world for all I care. But if you think being drunk all the time is going to make this any easier, you're wrong. It's not cool or charming. It's just pathetic and gross. And I feel sorry for you. I really do. So she kind of hands it to him. You, you, why did you pause for so long? <laughs> because it was echoing and I was waiting for the clip to end so, so that like, I could pause it. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I mean... I like how the, she calls him out. I think he needed to hear that. I do think she could have been more like, you know, why do you drink so much? Like, yeah. what are you not dealing with? You know, but again, they're in high school. Like, you're just going to be like, you're gross. Stop it. So, yeah, whatever. I was kind of confused. So where their tension came from, because I don't feel like they really. They weren't mad. I, at la- they weren't mad at each other. Oh, last yeah. Time. 
we saw them. Right. It ends with them hugging. But I guess I guess just because Lila's like, I'm done. Yeah. And so they were probably Tim was probably like pretending to be okay with it. And now he's bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Timmy not doing so great. Lila's clearly like moving back to Jason and uh leaving Tim in the lurch a little bit. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, that so whole then we, pep rally was fun. It was. There was a lot going on. We have Smatch, Smatch, Smatch. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, Smatch Williams. Smash um, is starting to chat up the scout that he wants to be on his list. And yes, Grady. Yes, Grady. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And that um, obviously leads to trouble. To trouble. But yeah, but we also start to see more of Smash's regular side we get him a little bit more fleshed out this episode and we see more of his family dynamic and that he's really like that his father's not in the i mean we knew his dad wasn't in the picture but um i don't talk about that (laughs) i don't talk about that um but that he's planning on supporting his family with sports and that he's putting a huge amount of pressure on himself yeah no this was a really this was a good episode for smash and Mm -hmm. speaking of tears and we'll get there when you mentioned his family. <laughs> I just, <laughs> oh, I just root for them so much. And yeah, you see why Smash is so insufferable. <laughs> like yeah. he just like this is his shot, and it's not only about him; it's about all the ladies in his life. So yes, I love that. Yeah. And I also love before he walks out of the locker room after the game because he obviously had a bad game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mama Smash is talking to his sisters, and she's like, "Y'all don't say a word." Yes, that just reminded me of family dynamics i know and it's just so sweet that she's not like what the hell brian like what's going on she was just like hey it's okay it's one game you're Mm -hmm. fine you know and i just that was such a sweet motherly moment it was sweet i also liked what coach said to him when he was like there's nothing wrong with you like it's just that clipboard he's like you don't play for you you play for the team yes and and just focus on this game like Mm -hmm. that would be so hard to do if you were a athlete and you knew that scouts were out there yeah. You, at that point, you are kind of playing for yourself. It yeah, would be hard no. to separate those things. I would give him the same advice that Coach did if I was his coach, but yeah, that's that's hard to separate. Yeah. Um, Tim gets another beating, so he gets a tongue lashing from Lila about his drinking, and then he stops drinking, and he gets made fun of by his brother Billy. Which I, I know. I hate that. Yeah, I didn't like that. And he's like, oh, you're going to stop drinking, which, yeah, it's it is laughable. It's pretty common for, for friends to do that without thinking. Yeah. Um, but that can really be damaging somebody's progress. For sure. Yeah. And it's clearly like a defensive thing because he's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Tim stops drinking um, before the game. And then we see him get all big and strong. I know. This was a good Tim episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of my favorite scenes in this episode, which I pulled the clip was uh just a great good old Landry and Matt conversation in the car. Um I pulled it too. You know what? That's just what I do. You know, I, I pry, prod, I wheedle. I wheedle. You know, even when I get a little crazy sometimes I, I can joke. Yeah, but mostly you know it. Well it's as easy as this. <laughs> you want to stop. Yes, Julie out on a date. Well I'm, I'm I'm really starting to worry about you because you've obviously got the mojo. But you just don't really know how to use it. You know what I'm talking about? I really, I really have no idea what you know. What you need is to get the eye of the tiger. 
Well, you know what I'm talking about. Boom, baby. <laughs> oh, I loved that scene. I titled that clip uh, Landry Concerned About Matt's Mojo. <laughs> yes. Well, and he goes, I wheedle. He means like I weasel, right? Like weasel my way in. But he says wheedle. Is wheedle a word? <laughs> I was thinking, I think it's like a mix between weasel and whittle. Yeah. But that made me <laughs> LOL. I, like it, I wheedle. I do too. And I just love that, you know, Landry's obviously being really funny, but he's like, I see that you like this girl. Like, go, go after her. That's so cute. And he's also, he hides it in his like dry humor, but he's also telling Matt, he's like, you have everything that you need to, for her to like, you. Yeah, she has every reason to like you. Right. Uh, You got the mojo. He's like, you just need to ball up and ask her. Yes. I love that scene too. That was super cute. So good. Yeah. Even though we didn't get a lot of Matt, we had a couple super cute moments. Super cute moments. Super cute. I, oh shit, I forgot to pull this clip. Damn it. I was going to pull the clip, and maybe I'll put it in later, but when Tim is in the weight room, after he <gasps> stops drinking, he's just like, Ugh! I was going to pull that clip and play it for Monica and say, is this beast-like enough for you? <laughs> you should be asking yourself that. You're the beast-like lady. I- I'm the beast-liker. <laughs> it was very beast-like. Um, it was intense. He was like, Freaking Tarzan. Yeah, I, I am curious if we have any male listeners. Let us know if locker rooms are really like that. Yeah, that was intense. Oh, remember when we did that with ping pong? Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> Carly and I thought it'd be funny to do the grunt with ping pong, and it's, you know, much quicker than tennis. So it's just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and especially for us, because we were so good. Exactly. Um. Okay, I'm... Maybe it's just weird writing, but isn't it weird that they're they play a team called Larrabee and a team called Westerby? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> I thought that as well. It's weird. Come on, guys. Um, I have one more thing to say about Tyra and Billy playing the party. Tyra says that she bought twenty-two kegs. Yeah, that is more kegs than any bar I've ever worked at would stock for yeah, hundreds no. of people. That is absolute lunacy that's insane <laughs> yeah i think i have the most 22 kegs. i know we talked about we like only did we only ordered kegs for like a couple of our parties we're like this was this is so cost effective like why didn't we do this always yeah. but we'd get like one or two and have a ton of people over and like be fine <laughs> hundreds of people can do like three kegs <laughs> yeah so that was kind of funny um but yeah so then we move on to jason's struggle yeah and he admits to her, he's like, I love how casually he says that. He's like, um, I think my best friend might be sleeping with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I, the tension is building there. And like, why the do you think he's, say it. yeah. Why do you think he's kind of waiting to confront them about it? Like, do you think it's because he doesn't want to <laughs> believe it's true or he wants them to admit it first before he has to confront them? I think he, I think he wants more evidence. Yeah. I yeah also you don't want to that, accuse someone of that if it's not. Yes, but it's also true. like if it were me. Um, yeah, you just don't want to accuse them too early. Like you want to be justified in the level of anger that you have. Yes. But I also think he's partially doubting it. Um, but also I think he doesn't want that it to be. I he doesn't want himself to be correct, so I feel like he's not trying super hard to to prove it, it right. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. 
Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem to bother him like that much yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I did think that Lila's answer to him was pretty pathetic when he was like, have you been seeing much of Tim? She was like, um, uh, uh, no, about the same. Not like, like the same amount. If I were her, I would have just said, yeah, I mean, since the accident, like we've been, you know, I was a part of trying to get him t- in to see you. And like, we've definitely been communicating more. Yeah. I don't know. I might have been the first. <laughs> I'm a horrible yeah. liar. And I kind of get that she'd be like, I don't want to give him any information that might prove this. So I I, I kind of got that. Interesting. Yes. Um, I do like how, speaking of Tim's grunting, I like that, you know, we talked about in Wind Sprints about how he's just spiraling out of control. Mm-hmm. And Lila's spiraling the other way, dealing with this tragedy. But now, I mean, now it's not really about Jason. It's more about Lila. But I like that he's dealing with it by working out a ton and mm-hmm. quitting drinking and, like, working hard. I mean, it's cool to see him not fall apart and actually work on himself. So right. that was good And I see. think that's something they continue to build. Um, it's just that Lila is a very right. clear good influence on him. Um. So coach comes and asks Jason if he would like to come to the game. So we are three games out of the injury. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's pretty soon. Was Phoebe there? Uh, was yes. Phoebe there? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it's pretty the, soon. I liked getting to watch him decide. Me too. And how his parents differed and how... Herc, who has no emotional investment in this team, is like, fuck that. Like, don't go be a mascot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I did too. I like seeing how he struggled with it. And that's exactly how I would be as well. Totally. And so I had, again, similar situation, <laughs> although it was less like. Because if you y'all haven't, for, if you haven't forgotten, if you have forgotten, Carly and Jason are the same Basically person. Basically the same person. <laughs> um, but not the same because it wasn't like my sports team or anything, but just coming back to school or like coming to right, visit right. school um, would have been kind of a big deal. And I remember like what Herc says, I would I would have been more like or I was more like Herc where I did not want to be a mascot or right. what I would call the cancer girl, the girl that like that was what people thought about when they saw me. Right. Um, but I pulled a photo of this. We'll post it on the Instagram when we release this episode but there's just a picture of me it was right after treatment so my hair's really short but our football teams did like a cancer awareness night and they all had like yellow tape and yellow socks and uh to raise awareness and then I was went out on the field with them I, I kind of don't remember the details it, again I don't like being the mascot so I probably blocked some of that from my memory yeah I'm but sure the photo <laughs> of me standing with all the football players um is very reminiscent of this episode of me like standing on the field with them oh totally I know I forgot about that Carly texted me the photo right before we started recording and I was like oh my gosh that's like like exactly the same literally identical yeah and I remember there's even a picture of me where you can kind of tell how pissed I am I did not I was like I did not want to do that yeah I wouldn't either yeah Yeah. um but I I do think Jason makes the right choice because you can tell how moved he is to see everybody supporting him like he hasn't really gotten Obviously, he hasn't been able to really leave his rehab center, but he hasn't really been right. able to see the community's response. Yeah. I think he kind of... <laughs> we are not okay. No, I think he... I think he 
Okay, what is the fr- <laughs> I'm not cutting this out. Oh my god, what is the phrase of like is it grin and bear it? Yeah. Okay. I think he kind of grins and bears it for the mascot aspect mm-hmm. of this stunt um because it's it allows him to confront what's happening because like you said he hasn't been there. He's just mm-hmm. been in the hospital and so kind of making it real and just really getting to the heart of what's happening although it does feel like you're the poster child of this injury and whatever, you're a symbol for this town and mm-hmm. you're going to be one whether you want to or not. And so I like that he just kind of confronts that reality. Totally. And then also there's an aspect of, which I don't think they really hit on this directly, but just from my experience, I, I can understand it. There's an aspect of, like, I think he knows that everyone else really needs to see him doing well, which again is like some of the pressure that gets put on people in these situations where he part of why he did that I'm sure was so that was for everybody else too. Yeah. Like Lila wanted him there. Everyone was saying how they wanted him to come. They wanted to him. They want to see him say, I'm okay. I'm still a part of this team. Woohoo. Right. Right. Um, I loved Tim pushing his wheelchair up to the hole. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, so that was the first time I cried. Yeah. Um, should we play that scene? Yeah. Okay. It starts with Billy. Billy. That's what's. He's like turning on the radio. It is homecoming, Panther fans, and have we got a good one for you here tonight? Sammy, you can just feel the electricity here in the football stadium. And Lurby has taken the field, and this crowd is rocking as we wait for the Panthers. just love how they drown out the crowd noise. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Number 6, Jason Street. I feel like they placed you in that moment really well because Mm -hmm. it was weirdly like loud and quiet all at once, you know, and you can kind of feel everybody holding their breath Mm -hmm. and, and Jason's crying. I mean, he clearly is what got me same and his parents. Mm. Yeah. It was a really complex, sweet moment. Yes. I, I like when it shows his parents sort of like lightly smiling, like obviously they're proud of him for, going out on the field and, and like accepting this role of his um yeah and seeing him be moved by the crowd but I also was just kind of wondered to myself like I wonder if that's really the first time they've smiled probably oh, in a while wow. yeah that's true I loved that moment okay mm. I have a fun fact for you that I forgot to do earlier about Jason Street this was sent to me by Leah um Van who wrote our review earlier she says Jason quote Street is named after the University of Texas quarterback James Street, who led Texas to the 1969 National Championship in football, 
held a perfect 20 to 0 record. And so his character is cool. based off of a star football player that existed whose last name was Street. And it was UT Longhorns, yeah. is that what yeah. you said? So cool. Interesting. I love that name, Street. It's cool. Yeah. I also liked yeah. how Lila had number six on her cheek. That was really cute. Yeah, really cute touch. And yeah. I loved her reaction to to that moment. Yeah. yeah. So we got we also got a really great clear eyes, full hearts moment. We did. I love that in the huddle. Yeah. Okay, so Smash does not show up. Yeah, I said Smash is in his head, and Coach yells at him, and he says he keeps. He says he keeps like running into his own prote- protection. I think he's like mm-hmm. running into his own guards kind of thing. Yeah. You know, both physically and emotionally. Yes. And so Riggins steps it up. And I said again, I Tim's so sobriety excited. and workouts pay off. Yes. I was so. That was like when I cried the second time in this episode was just being really proud of Tim for Same. making a change in his life, whether he sticks to it or not. But also just like stepping up to the challenge, having a really good night. Like he's an incredible player. But yeah. he doesn't always, like, care or care to seek credit. But he just, like, totally saved the team this game. Um, and you you just can tell that it meant a lot to him. Yeah. I loved watching that. And that made me too. cry as well. But then the other part that made me cry, we see Smash on the bench. And it focuses in on his mom. Oh, And their relationship. I mean, we just see more scenes with them that just make you want to die. Ugh. And... Just her knowing how disappointed he is. And and you, I'm sure she's feeling the weight of not only, you know, his guilt of not playing well in the game, but she also knows that he wants to buy her a house and do all these yeah. things. And she's like, she just wants to, like, in that gaze, she just wants to tell him, like, you, okay. I, you do not owe me that. Like, yeah. that's not your job. And, <clears throat> and I love seeing that complexity for Smash. Like, up until now, we pretty much have just read all of his uh, boisterousness as ego. (laughs) But now we kind of see that it's much more complex than him just having a big ego. Like he, it puts a ton of pressure on himself to be perfect so that he can make this happen for his family. And that some of that, his ego is a part of that, that he puts on. And and we, his mom knows that. Like we see him as just being like super egotistical. Like I didn't perform for the, for the guy with the clipboard. I got to get on the list. But when we look at his mom, we know that she, she sees that as like, we now see it, how she sees it as he's just putting pressure on himself to take care of his family. Exactly. I love that. We see it. We see it as she sees it. I love that. Yeah. So then we have the awesome moment of Tim getting the game ball. And like you said, like Tim is not, he doesn't toot his own horn. He's not cocky. He just works hard in this moment and Mm -hmm. completely deserves it. And then makes this really sweet speech and gives the ball to Jason. So here we go. Coach is always talking about uh, one team and one heart. To be honest with you, I thought it was thought it was stupid. <laughs> Fact is, he's right. He's right. Everybody in this room knows who where we get our heart from. He's sitting right there. This ball belongs to you. Please, take it. I love you like a brother. 
Like a brother sticks. What y'all staring at? Y'all played a hell of a game. Go party! Come on, baby. Oh, it's so sweet. And it's so sweet because Tim, I mean, that's the most we've heard Tim I was going to say, those are the most words he's ever stringed together. <laughs> yes. And and I love that they wrote it just totally in his character where he's like, I thought mm-hmm. thought it was stupid. You know, he's yeah. still Tim. He's still apish. Yeah, he but then he yet. he gets there and he, he lets himself be emotional and it's really sweet. And he's really honest about his relationship with Jason, which he hasn't really like verbally addressed. I mean, he's like went to the rehab center to see him and bailed him out and gave him that day. But we haven't really heard him just say to Jason that like he loves him and that they're brothers. Yeah, that's true. I did love in that clip though. Uh, (laughs) So Taylor Kitsch is one of the few actors who's not from Texas. He's from Canada. Um, And he let a little bit of Canada slip right out of his mouth. Did you catch it? No. Coach is always talking about... uh... Coach, coach is coach. always talking about uh <laughs> i loved that that's so funny okay, wait, i'm gonna play it one more time it's easy to hear the second time coach yeah. is always talking about uh <laughs> and it was <laughs> there's also an interview of him talking about some stupid reporter asked him like is texas how like how's texas different from where you grew up um in canada <laughs> completely <laughs> although they do still have the whole cowboy thing going on Yes. But he's talking about how, like, growing up in the cold, because if you've ever lived anywhere cold, you know that, like, when it's really cold, your boogers freeze. <laughs> so, like, if you get this funny feeling in your nose because all the moisture in your nose is freezing. And uh, I should have pulled the soundbite from the interview, but he's like, yeah, like, your your nose gets cold, like, inside your nose, frozen, cold. And he just, like, <laughs> says it in this really weird way. Frozen boogers. Oh, my gosh. That makes me think about how... So I think we've mentioned this before, but Carly and I became friends at a theater company called Kids Who Care. Shout out. Shout out Kids Who Care. Um, so many stories, so many memories, but <laughs> <laughs> they they had this exchange student thing with um, students from Italy would come and be in our shows. And we always had a day where we could like ask them questions. And I mean, the things people would ask, like, is the sky blue there How like many it would be moons do you have yeah and so we kept like afterwards we would make up all these ones like is the moon made of cheese in it <laughs> like if the questions were ridiculous oh my gosh that just okay, made me think of that speaking of kids who care when we have mallory on so mallory's monica's older sister um and we are gonna try to get her on the show in the next few episodes uh she was also in kids who care with us and she created one of my favorite kids who care memories she rewrote the lyrics to one of the songs that was in our musicals. Uh, it was called. It was Child- my solo. It's called Child Wonder. It was called Child Wonder. Child Wonder, what you're thinking? Um, Mal rewrote it to be about Chinese food. Yes, and it's crab called wonton. Child Wonton. Crab Wonton. Crab Wonton. <laughs> crab Wonton, what you're eating? Crab Wonton, what you're thinking? So we'll perform that when Mal comes. We will get excited. Is the, the answer, answer for those who eat Chinese. <laughs> oh, wow. That is one. a deep cut. Okay, so <laughs> after that moment, we go to the party. It's wildly Partay. successful. I think all those kegs were tapped. Um, I we pull- get Matt. I know I pulled this clip, and I, I said I like how slowly they're building Matt and Julie because I couldn't remember. slow burn. 
yeah, I couldn't remember what was going to happen in this episode. And I just was like, I just love how slowly, because it's so realistic. You know, Tim and Lila are kind of the teen romance show love, you know, where they're like sleeping. You know, it's just like yeah. kind of crazy. And they're just like very real. So here is Matt shooting his shot. Hey. Hey. Going on? Is this, is this a safe zone? Yeah, no, it's, it's people crazy. So it must feel pretty good winning the big homecoming game and all. Will you go on a date with me? Um. Maybe or not. I mean, <laughs> I, I just thought I'd throw that out there. And we don't see her answer. I know. Yeah. But that that was was so so real. Because he's like, okay, I just have to do it now or I won't. And I'm not even going to segue into it. I'm not smooth. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to put it out there. And it's so sweet. Uh, Yes, that was so cute. And obviously the moment we've all been waiting for. Right. Thank you. Huge shout out to Landry for, you know, giving Matt the boost that he needed. The eye of the tiger speech. <laughs> so I'm excited. I, I think they might go on a date this next episode, maybe. Yeah, or maybe I really in a can't remember. maybe in a couple. So yeah, I. But yeah, I love when she comes up and she goes, "This is the safe zone, like the safe yes, zone of the party." That was. It's super just cute. really sweet. Um, and they are younger than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. She's. I think she's a freshman, and he's supposed to be a sophomore. I liked uh, Landry's interaction with Mindy, Stacey Oristano. Yes. Okay. So I, that's in my strays if we want to just okay. finish up the breakdown. So yeah. then, then we end with Smash shooting up. So the pressure has gotten to him. Yeah. Um, and we see, I, I remember when I first watched this, I didn't know that it was like steroids. I, I was like, because oh, he's getting into drugs. Is that <laughs> I don't I know. I used to think I, I was thinking about how I just thought drugs were drugs. Like I didn't know the difference. I'm like, oh, he's drugs doing drugs. drugs, you know. <laughs> I mean, technically there are drugs, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for partying. Yes. Um, but it's pretty much a direct result of Smash obsessing over getting on this list, going to the guy's house, and kind of pushing the guy into telling him what's wrong with him. And and the recruiter says, "I'm worried about your size and your speed." Yeah. And Smash makes immediate changes to try to catch up on that. Yeah. So we will we will see those consequences yes. in the next episode. And I just hated how it ended like that. It is illegal for him to, to do so. use steroids. At just any in level. general and in yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how prevalent steroid use is at the high school level. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll put that in Monsplain next time. Yeah. So that was kind of sad to watch him uh, sort of making a, a really scary choice like that. Yeah. Oh, we should have mentioned his do-rag in the fashion report. Oh, yeah. He did have I've never nice seen him in that. Do-rag. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that it kind of like introduced his new character, you know? His new dimensional steroid. persona. Yes. His new steroid self. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so my only strays were... Yeah, I loved the Landry and Mindy moment. Yes. Yeah, he, she's like, come back in four years. He's like, can I get that in writing? Because <laughs> <laughs> she's a stripper. We're, and they were doing, oh, they were doing like body shots Body and shots. Stuff. That was yeah. uh, quite a party. 
I know. Oh, I did write, um, I loved all the old phones. I feel like we yes. have a lot of phones in this episode. Um, some cell phones and some landlines. Yes. That was kind of fun to watch. I agree. And then the only other thing I put was, um, remember cash? Like when they pull out all the cash that they made with cash tips. I'm like, oh, yeah. Just that would be like they would have a square reader and like right. <laughs> Venmo account. Like I'm just like, I forgot also, about cash. I have a hard time believing they made over $1,000 when they bought 22 kegs. They made 4000 plus. Oh, yeah. So even more. Yeah, she literally counts it up and then he proceeds to dump all the other cash. Yeah. So it was like probably more like 5000 Yeah, I don't know how they did that. But yeah. who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Tyra's a busy bee this this episode. Yes. Um, We already covered tough as a Tijuana hooker. <laughs> Unfortunately. In our new segment, is this racist? Is this racist? <laughs> um, I mean, I guess we kind of touched on it, but obviously Coach tells Lucas, uh, the alum, that there is not any room for him to be an assistant coach, and he throws a little temper tantrum, and that's, yeah. I guess, the last we see of that storyline. Yeah, that's. I think that's it. Which, again, I, I liked it, though. Yeah. But it was kind of unpleasant. <laughs> Um, I don't think we got anybody this episode. I don't think he was in it at all. No, he was he just mouthing that that um recording of the state of the Panthers oh, yeah. state, but just at the Panthers very beginning. Panthers win state. Panthers <laughs> I think those are all my stray opsies. All right. I think I went first last time, so if you want to take it away, you may. I I like this episode. Not one of my favorites. Um, I could live without the Lucas alumni story. It was, yeah. it was fine. It was fine. Right. It was fine. Um, but Matt and Julie and seeing more of Smash were big hits for me. I'm going to give it six out of 10 kegs. Love it. Six out of 10, 22 kegs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I, I did like this episode. I thought I like that. I like Jason struggling with, mm-hmm. you know, coming back to school. I love seeing Tim get his shit together and win the game. And so, yeah, it was just like a good solid episode, but mm-hmm. not one of my favorites. I will give it a 6.5 just for Tyra and Billy because I love that. Yeah, that was fun. And for the Mindy intro, which we will see more of her. 6.5 out of 10 Weedles. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I thought you were going to say anti-homecomings. Oh, that's a good one, too. Okay, we are we have a little time. Do we want to um, do quick pop culture? Are you watching anything? Sure. Um, yes, so I just started a documentary on HBO called The Vow, and it's <gasps> I've so been watching good. it, too. Okay, I've only watched one episode. Did you listen episode. to the podcast? No, I need to. So The Vow um, is a story about the cult Nexium, which yes. I'm sure everybody remembers. But there's I did excellent- not know anything about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I remember – I just remember it was such a huge deal because there were so many uh, famous people involved. Yeah. Um, The podcast – hold on. I can look it up so that I don't misquote myself. Okay, so uh, the podcast about Nexium, which is what the TV show – is really – one of, the, one of the best true crime podcasts I've ever listened to. The Ooh. TV show, they're doing an awesome job, but the podcast is just, there's just more detail. But it's the same uh, 
main people that are getting interviewed. Okay. Um, it is called – it's a series called Uncover, but um, it's season one of Uncover on wherever you listen. And then – I am going to subscribe now. And then The Vow is on HBO. Yeah, it's so good. Jenny and yeah. I have been watching it too. Yeah. And then I also have been into this podcast. It's new – um, it's from the girl that does the Crime Junkie podcast. It's called oh. Very Presidential. And mm. it focuses on a president who had a lot of scandals. And so... Um, In real life? Yeah, yeah. So like JFK is first, LBJ is second. Mm. Um, she does one on Andrew Jackson. It's really good. She's a good narrator. And oh, I would like that. You learn things you didn't learn in history class. <laughs> yeah. Nice. What about um, you? I have been watching okay well first of all i just want to note that this is a really sad day um because ruth bader ginsburg died last night yeah recognize that we're all a little scared and sad today yeah but last night when i heard that news i was like i just can't process this right now i'm so scared for our country um and so i was like i'll just watch a movie and i'll process this later and then i put on this documentary um that did, was not soothing but i highly suggest it it's called the social dilemma yes um, it's I directed by it jeff orlowski who's from boulder i know him he's super cool he did chasing coral if you remember that okay um it's it's so good it's very it's so good it's really well done although i i could have done without the like narrative pieces <laughs> i thought there could i liked it but i thought there could have been less of it yeah yeah um but it's mostly about, and I write about this on my political blog, little plug. It's called yes. Politics, but make it funny. CarlyRutledge.com. Um, it's all about data mining and the unregulated industry that is social media data and how social media was designed to manipulate and control humans in ways that we don't allow any other products to we, we don't allow that level of psycho- psychological manipulation into our other like physical products and industries. Like obviously we ban industries like slavery and uh, there yeah, are, are the illegal one industries all over the world because yeah. they produce inevitable harm and social media has not really been recognized um, yet. Well, and I loved that should be on that list. But I mean, I didn't love it, but I really resonated with the quote that was like the only two things that call their, uh, customers users are drugs and social media mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it like elicits the same drug like response um anyways it did not put me in a better no. mood after <laughs> i was texting janine i was like oh my god this is it's like it's stressful. one of the more upsetting documentaries about the future of our world that i've seen in a while yeah i like how they i mean I, this doesn't really spoil anything they they do try to plant a little bit of hope at the end in the credits, but it it's pretty bleak, the whole thing. Yes, but I did yeah. remind myself and bear this in mind, too. If you saw Chasing Coral, like, I know that Jeff Orlowski, he, he doesn't like to also balance his documentaries with, like, positivity and inspiration yeah. about the future. And he did the same thing with Chasing Coral, where it was really heavy the whole time. And then, like, the last five minutes, they're like... <laughs> we're looking towards the future. We have ideas. It's going to be okay. And I'm like, can you weave that in? Right. A little bit more. And in the, and in the social dilemma, he left it for the credits. Oh, while the credits roll. 
all the interviewees are talking about how they are still optimistic about the future and why. And I'm like, yo, put that in the feature length. <laughs> I know. But it, they did, he did it in a way that it was like very much you're still watching. Like it wasn't like yeah. a long break. But I, I, I do agree with yeah. that. It was very meta, though, to watch and realize how much you're looking at your phone while you're watching it. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, fuck, oh, my God. I know. Yeah. Can't get off it. Whew. So watch those docs. Yeah. And join us next time. We're going to I think Mallory, my sister, is going to be on it. Yeah. So we'll have our second ever guest and I'm excited. You can follow yeah. us, please, on Instagram and Twitter at TX Forever Pod. Yes, you, you may. can follow me, Carly, on Instagram at cool.cactus.media. You can call follow me, you know it. At Monica you know it. <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Cool. That's it. That's it. Full hearts. Can't lose. Bye y'all. All my friends were vampires Didn't know they were vampires Turns out I was a vampire myself In the devil town